0: To Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm Sammy.
0: And the voice missing there is our buddy Dwayne. Um, Dwayne has had some things come up and he's not going to be able to participate in the recording of this episode. But unfortunately for him, the way we do things, he has to still do the editing. <laughs> so Dwayne's participation is still very real and vital. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he just doesn't get through the fun part this time. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, yes. But we're going to soldier on without him. And um, so we're going to begin, as always, with our headline news. Okay. And uh, we're going to kind of streamline this a little bit. Uh, but we have to talk about Tenet. Yes, unfortunately. definitely. Unfortunately. <laughs>
1: You know, Tenet, as those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, you know, we have been excited about Tenet. I think we can almost trace a year back on this show that we have been discussing this movie and this movie coming out. And we've continued to see it be pushed back and pushed back. We've heard that, you know, Nolan wanted this movie out in July it then got shifted to August, which, you know, probably broke his heart a little bit. But, Jamie, unfortunately, what has now happened to Christopher Nolan's tenant?
0: Well, it's happened to us, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the thing we feared, and we were very selfish
0: and immature about it, but when all the COVID stuff started, we were all afraid. Like, does this mean for tenant? Well, the thing we feared has happened. It no longer has a release date. Um, we have no idea we're going to have the privilege of watching Tenet. And the rumors I've heard uh, are not promising. Uh, He may get his July release after all, just next year.
1: Next year.
0: Um, I've even heard they may be trying to slip into that Star Wars or The Rings Christmas release next Mm. year. Wow.
1: Okay. Um, You know, I think my big thing is, I worry we're going to see more of this. You know, even the movies that we've got coming out, In October, November, I'm worried that we're going to see more of it. You know, Disney's Milan was already has been removed indefinitely also. So along with Tenet. Um, And I I just have to say this, the AT&T CEO, okay. John Stanky and bless his heart. This guy had a rough time growing up. Um, So he said that, you know, he continues to say this movie is meant for a theatrical viewing. So this isn't going to be a VOD. They're going to hold this thing, like you said, probably to next year um, and drop it in our in the theaters then.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, Nolan's movies are I mean, they, they are just based on a big screen. And so I get it. Um, but it's just sad. Yeah, <laughs> just, is. just being selfish about it. I mean, it's sad. I, I just, I really want to see this movie. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, what are we gonna do? Well, we can just whine about it. Uh, yeah. I'll, t- I'll change t- t- my pillowcase in the morning when I'm done. You know, weeping into it. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that's all we're doing on the headline news because this was the long weekend of Comic Con. And so yes. the entire Roundtable Rewind is Comic-Con. And Sammy very helpfully worked on our online document here and grouped things up for us and I think watched all of Comic-Con. Is that right, Sammy?
1: Uh, I watched a lot of it. So <laughs> um, unfortunately, just like with Tenet and the movies we've been talking about, you know, Comic-Con International was not, be, they were not able to do it the way they normally do. So they did Comic-Con at home. So all of the panels were available on YouTube, still are. So if there's any of these things that we're going to talk about, you'd like to watch the panels, you can access that on Comic-Con International's YouTube page. So, uh, yep, yeah, so we broke it up, Jamie, and we're going to start out with some publishing news, right? So from the from a galaxy far, far away... We may not have any movies, but they've got some books coming out.
0: So. Well, you can. I mean, we've been writing novels uh, socially distanced for the entire history of, you know, weirdo <laughs> weirdo sitting around telling telling stories for themselves for forever. So there you go. <laughs> Writers have been training for this their whole lives. <laughs> um, but yes, so we've got quite a bit of news here. The one that jumped out to me because of uh, Uh, My current reading habits um, was that the new Darth Vader series being written by Greg Park is going to tie in directly to the rise of Skywalker. And and his quote was that they allowed him to do things that he didn't think possible. And so that little nugget he dropped there really intrigued me. Like, how closely is this going to tie in? Like, how is he going to tinker with some of the story? Is he going to explain, like, maybe where Palpatine's been chilling for, for all this time? I mean, I mean, <laughs> what, um, what kind of details are going to pop in, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, he kind of alluded to, you know, in his first, I guess, arc he had talked a little about, and I've not read this, so I'm, I'm excited about getting into it at some point, that he brought back Sabe, the handmaiden. Um, and so he said that really created some emotion for Vader to see this handmaiden, you know, who was meant hmm. to look like Padme, who was meant to, you know, kind of double for her in mannerisms and things like that. And so he said it was very emotional you know, in that arc in terms of Vader's story, but he said that this new arc will basically set Vader on a new journey, a new quest, and new punishments being inflicted by Palpatine. So whatever that may mean. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Because yeah. the, the, the the Soul series, the one by Charles Soule, kind of kind mm-hmm. of tied into some of that territory already. So I, I'm I'm curious. And and Greg Pock's a good writer. I'm not I, mean, I, I would I'll I'll go on that journey with him gladly.
1: There you go. But uh, there were some other novels though too, right? Yes. Uh, I think one of the ones that really jumped out at me is, you know, I love collections of short stories. Uh, You know, I, I like a nice novel, but sometimes just short stories are so much fun. And for the 40th anniversary of a new hope, they released a book called from a certain point of view. And it was all stories from a new hope from a different character's point of view. Uh, they're going to be releasing a second book in that series, and this time though, it's Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. So once again, you have 40 authors, 40 short stories, and they're going to be from those different perspectives, all dealing with Empire Strikes Back. So I'm looking forward to that actually.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love there's a whole book series like you know based around Obi-Wan being shady. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: From a certain point of view. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but there was a little, uh, little news too about the High Republic books too, right? Yes, there was. Uh, yeah, um, High, the High Republic, A Test of Courage was the one they highlighted on the panel. Uh, and if Jamie alluded to the the Darth Vader comic, if you've been reading the Star Wars comic that Marvel put out, uh, they introduced a character by the name of Sara Staros. Um, who was a fellow smuggler and claimed to be the wife of Han Solo there for a number of issues. Uh, and this book is going to deal with one of her ancestors, Avon Staros. So, you know, once again, I guess shrinking that galaxy a little bit. You know, Dwayne loves when they shrink that galaxy down. Yeah. So <laughs> Maybe we'll see a Staros saga instead of a Skywalker saga. <laughs> Well, we and we gotta
0: apparently that's how Star Wars rolls. Gotta have a family to carry things through. That's right. There you go. But is a great character. I've read all of her appearances in the comics and I mean there's I mean, there's some fun directions that they could go with her. Um maybe not her grandma or whatever, but uh <laughs> but hey, they've got a brand, they gotta roll with it. Um, there you go. Now is that now is that in the one that Charles Sowell was writing? I
1: wasn't clear on that. But, uh no, the the author for that Test of Courage is Justina Ireland is the okay. author on that one. So I know they're. I think for High Republic they're planning a series of novels, YA novels. So I, they didn't really go into where this one fits. Uh, I think actually it's a young readers book, so okay. it would be more on that YA fiction side.
0: The more I hear about the the new, the, the High Republic series, the more intrigued I am. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm,
1: looking forward.
0: Absolutely. Uh, speaking of things we're looking forward to um, or not. Maybe. Uh, there was quite a bit of Doom publishing news as well. There
1: was. So, uh, you know, right on the coattails of talking about, you know, the movie and things like that. What a perfect time to have <laughs> multimedia tie-ins by, by Jamie's favorite, Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert. So. Well, you know,
0: they, they're never one to pass up a cash cow.
1: Uh, you know,
0: Brian's dad died. They found an old book, been milking that for years. Uh, now a movie's coming out. You know, there's another cow to be milked. You know, they're going to, they're going to keep at it. Uh, they got, they've got the pail. They've got their stool. They're they're ready to start milking. Ready to roll, right? Uh, okay. So I, I've got a history with these books. Um, I'm still a little angry about how this thing worked because there was, the, the original six no- Dune novels, all written mm-hmm. by Frank Herbert, who's one of my favorites and one of my literary heroes, all that kind of jazz. He was in the middle of writing Dune 7 when he passed away. And I'm being a little mean because of the way, <laughs> the way they published <laughs> these books. And so they announced, they, they found uh, in a safety deposit box, they found most of the manuscript of Dune 7. He had titled it. It was named Dune 7. They found it. And like, oh, Great we can finally finish the series. But instead of doing that, they went back and wrote three prequel trilogies to the original Dune novel before they went and wrote Dune 7, which they turned into Dune 7 and 8, which were two novels, so it became eight novels in the main series. <laughs> uh, and they made me wait, I think, almost a decade. After they... I, I'd get up on there being a Dune you know, finale. And so I kind of start twitching a little bit when I hear these guys' names and new books coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So this, so the the new thing they're talking about is another prequel trilogy yes. set in a single year before the release of the original Dune novel, which the new movie is going to be based upon. Correct. Um, they already did this. <laughs> they already did this. It's called House, Atreides, House of House Arcona, and House Carino. They already wrote these books. It took place right before Dune. I, I don't know why this is necessary.
1: <laughs> well, it's necessary because, you know, they're going to be releasing uh, new editions of the Frank Herbert Dune. Uh, all with Which nice that scares dress. me, too. Yeah. So uh, I think those will be available August 25th. So that's just right around the corner that those are going to be available then they're going to turn around, and and you mentioned the House series. They're going to put out a new edition of those in Octo- on October twenty seventh, along with comics and graphic novel adaptations of Dune. Uh, also October twenty seventh, and then turn around on the th- October thirteenth and do the new start the new trilogy, and that's Dune the Duke if, is it. Caledon? Or- yeah, Caledon. Okay. I, I think, so, I mostly read these names. <laughs> read these uh, names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the three books will be the Duke of Caledon, the Lady of Caledon, and the Heir of Caledon. And that will lead directly, supposedly, into, you know, House of Atreides. No, not really. But <laughs> 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 that leads into Duke, right? Yeah.
0: And they're going to be doing a comic book series based on the original Dune novel. They're going to be yes. adapting those as well. I think, because uh, it's set up as three books in the one book. So it's like, you know, kind of like the way The Lord of the Rings is set up. There's books, and, you know, set up. And so I think each book is going to be like, I think a 12 issue series, I think was what they said.
1: Yeah. Um, Abrams Comics will be putting out the graphic novel version with book one on October 27th. Uh, covers will be by Bill Sienkiewicz, by the way. So, and we'll talk about Bill a little bit later. Uh, but then the Boom will be adapting House Atreides into a 12 issue miniseries. I wonder why they're doing the different publishers. That's interesting. But they're all going to work together. Hmm. All, all of the, the costuming, all the designs, uh, Abrams and Boom are going to be working together to keep that similar aesthetic. Because Anderson and Herbert are going to be working on all of it anyway, so of course they are. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm still. I'm just. I'm still bitter. That they made me wait so long. They announced they had Dune Seven, and then I waited forever for it. And so they they'll wear that black mark for the rest of their days.
1: Yeah. Uh, in in my
0: book, uh, the the books are well. I mean. I mean, they're not like Howard. I mean, they're not... I mean, very few writers are Frank Herbert. Um, Kevin J. Anderson's not Frank Herbert. Well, congratulations, most of us aren't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Frank Herbert's basically in a class by himself. There's a handful of people at his label. Um, They're fun books. I mean, they're, you know, entertainingly written. Um, There's just... I I think I just start twitching when I hear Brian Herbert in trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, uh, also there was a a little bit of, uh, I don't think this is Brian Herbert or Kevin Anderson news. I, this is something I had never even heard of. There's that, um, how do you pronounce his name? Denny Villeneuve. I don't, I can't, the director of the New Doom movie. I can't pronounce his name. Okay. Um, they're doing a a spinoff TV show. I never even heard about that called Doom either. the Sisterhood. And apparently it what it, I, whatever it's releasing is it's still on schedule. so Maybe they've got some of that filmed. They may have filmed it huh. simultaneously of filming the first half of the movie. Right. And so I don't know. So Doom the
1: Sisterhood is apparently still a thing and is happening. So Hey. Okay. Yeah. We shall see. Well, you know Jamie, that kind of leads us into some television anyway. Um, and Comic-Con, obviously, it's another great place to kind of see what's coming out. Uh, and one of the, I guess, properties that that IPs that had a really big presence was Star Trek. Now, I've heard Star Trek described recently as a slower, more boring version of Star Wars. <laughs> um, but, but I don't know who possibly did that to try to get my ire up. But... Uh, <laughs> You know
0: what? You can find trolls everywhere.
1: That's right. That's right. Even on graphically novel. (laughs) Uh, But But we did get a lot of interesting stuff coming out of the Star Trek universe. Um, And they, they basically broke the panel into sections. It was basically zoom meetings with each of the casts of the, uh, the shows that are on right now. Um, they did a table read for the Series 2 finale of Discovery. So that was pretty interesting. So they were zooming back and forth, doing all the table read. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, they do, will have a new season of Discovery sometime in 2020, they say. So I'm guessing probably closer to the end of the year. Uh, but the so they probably already thing,
0: had that filmed, didn't they?
1: Yeah, that would have been filmed pre-COVID, uh, but the other big thing that is right around the corner for August sixth is Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, and Lower Decks is going to be interesting. And, and I don't know how a lot of Star Trek fans are going to take it because it's an animated comedy. Um, this is the second Contact crew. Okay, <laughs> they, don't love do the first they don't do first because They don't do first because They're the second. Uh, this is they're on the USS Cerritos. And I loved it because Jerry O'Connell will be voicing the number one Commander Ransom. So you've got a lot of good voice cast on this. Um, they're, they're bringing back a lot of the TNG time frame. So this this cartoon basically takes place between Nemesis and Picard. Um, but it looks interesting. It looks hilarious. Uh, there's lots of Star Trek goofiness as well as as fun to be had with this. Like I said, don't know how it's going to be taken, but we'll see, right?
0: Well, I think it's a fun premise because, like, a lot of first contacts, you're just, you know, making contact. You're not right. really getting into how cultures work, you know, weird intricacies of how things could be different, strange behaviors, strange customs. Find out,
1: find out where the well, best tacos are. Yeah. You know, I
0: mean, those kind of things, right? There's so <laughs> much room there and fodder for comedy. I think it, may, it makes sense for a good comedy series to have that, yeah. that set up, you
1: know? And to have that in animation will give them room to play, you know. Um, now, Jamie, you had said that you saw another Star Trek animated show, right? That was had been announced here. Yes, and I'm I'm I find it very intriguing. A Star Trek Prodigy and the premise. Another one with a
0: great premise. I, I know that I you know saw <laughs> Star Trek earlier <laughs> in the week, uh, but. So the whole premise is like a group of teenagers steal a derelict Starfleet vessel and make off with it and have adventures. I mean, that's a
1: that's a fun premise, you know? Yeah, definitely. Especially for a younger audience. I mean, that that's, that's it's genius. Yeah, I th- I think that that will be a lot of fun, you know. Where it's on Nickelodeon, it will probably be geared to to maybe younger a younger audience, but but it's a good way to kind of indoctrinate to the Star Trek universe. So we'll. <laughs> We'll start there, and then we could work them into other things, right?
0: But you get, but you get all of the trappings of Star Trek. You've got
1: the mm-hmm. ship.
0: I mean, the whole, the whole deal. The whole, like you know, we're going out into space. We're going to be exploring all that kind of jazz. But you don't have the discipline of people who've right. brought, <laughs> gone the academy. You've got <laughs> immature teenagers. All the hijinks you could get up to with you know a group of teenagers willing to steal a starship <laughs> and sail into space on it. And then all of the technology, it's just great. It's a great idea. And it being derelict, there's going to be all kinds of problems. Things are going to
1: break down. Yep. I mean, I just... It should be interesting. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned Discovery, uh, Season 3 coming up. And at... for you know, hopefully it's not too much of a spoiler. At the end of season two of Discovery, the crews kind of split. The Discovery goes one way, the Enterprise goes another. So in perfect television fashion, if the Enterprise is going another way, then, oh, that's another television show for us. <laughs> so, uh, so this one's going to be called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, and it's 10 episodes. It'll be broken down into 10 episodes. And this is going to follow the adventures of the enterprise with pack as captain with spock with number one you know those characters before once again before that original series star trek and kirk so got a lot of interesting things kind of happening uh, in star trek they did have the picard cast but obviously because of COVID, they are planning for the second season. So there's yeah. no nothing filmed, nothing hard yet for the second season. Uh, and they didn't give a date or anything on Strange New Worlds. So, so we'll
0: that's, just that's, have to that's,
1: wait and see. So that's probably not filmed yet either, right? I would I would think not. They just said that there were 10 stories that were broken so far.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah.
1: I don't know if that's really got into much filming
0: yeah, I think a lot of us are gonna. We're just gonna have to get used to, especially in the short term, getting used to watching a lot of animation. Uh, yeah, uh, because I think you that's can still be do part that. Of it. Yeah, you can still do that during you know quarantines and you know social distancing. So we're gonna we're gonna. I think, and it's not just gonna be Star Trek. I think a lot of things are gonna have you know things like Star Trek Prodigy and Lower Decks. We're gonna have these side stories. They're going to be animated. I think it's going to be a lot of franchises doing that.
1: Yeah, I think you can see that coming out. Um, So that kind of led us into Marvel TV. You know, so Star Trek had their thing. So now it kind of leads us to Marvel. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel three brothers who like each other but love comics um and one of the things that that marvel's television side um put out there was marvel 616 Now, now jamie normally 616 in the marvel universe refers to what the main marvel universe where everything oh, okay, happens yes.
0: That's what six one six means, and it's based on like the release date of the original Fantastic Four number one, which was the launch of the Marvel universe as we know it. Okay. Because Marvel Comics had this long before then, but the superhero universe started with that new Fantastic Four series. Wait, wait, way back when. Um, uh-huh. Now they've kind of fudged that a little bit in recent years. There's not supposed to be <laughs> multiple universes anymore. They tried to do their right. own Marvel, and <laughs> Infinite Earth, and it failed too. There's multiple universes again already. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so the Marvel Six One Six is focusing. I mean, it's it's kind of a clever title. I mean, if, I mean, once you have somebody explain it to you, uh, because the Six One Six encompasses the entirety of this you know big universe full of crazy diverse characters, and that's what this show is focusing. It's a docu series where uh, they interview the creators, people who work in Marvel comics, editors, all that kind of jazz, and they're looking at sort of these obscure, forgotten, bizarre characters. Uh,
1: the Wizard comes up. Oh, so so Jamie, this, the, as far as Wizard, this is in an episode called Lost and Found. And this is an episode directed by Paul Shear. Now, Paul Shear's done some writing for Marvel uh, and even has a cameo in a comic, I believe they were talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, so Lost and Found is dealing with those obscure characters like the Wizard, Typeface. <laughs>
0: I saw part of the the typeface episode. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never come across him.
1: And he swears that he wants to do damage control so bad it's pitiful. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, we can't tease the Wizard without giving a little bit of background on the Wizard. Oh, He's yeah. <laughs> a speedster type character, kind of like the Flash, except he got his powers by injecting himself with mongoose blood. <laughs> Not magic mongoose blood. Not no. a mongoose. Just mongoose no, blood. Just mongoose blood. And it made him yep. fast. So he whizzes creeks, around. He calls himself.
1: tornadoes.
0: The wizard. Not not the best idea for a name ever.
1: And wears that beautiful yellow suit too. Which makes it even more. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes you don't think things through. Um, yeah. But I think most. I mean as far as I'm concerned. The most. One, one I'm most excited about is. Apparently an entire episode about the creation and the sort of like the, the beginning origin stories of Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. And yeah. it's it's fascinating I, I didn't realize how closely it was based on a single person who works for Marvel's mm-hmm. own life and backstory. So it, it looks fascinating.
1: Yeah. The title for that one is higher, further, faster trailblazing women of Marvel comics. And, um, Sana Aminat, who right now I think she's a VP of Marvel Entertainment. I don't remember what she was then. Uh, she might have been an editor. She was an editor. I, I think she was a line editor at that point. Okay. Um, so well, I'm the edit- title
0: wrong, but she was editing a a line of books.
1: Right. Um, and a lot of this came from her and her experiences, and she was just telling stories about her own personal experiences, uh, having to run track after she had been fasting. Um, you know, the fact that she went to prom but she wasn't allowed to have a date. Uh, you know, all of these things culturally that affected her and her, she just referred, said her boss. I don't know who who, who the, if it was Steven Wacker maybe or somebody like that would have probably been right above her at that point uh, was like, you know, that's interesting. Let's, how about a Marvel character based on that? And so that's where, you know, you get the beginnings of Kamala Khan. So I just think that's so cool. But all eight episodes, they said, would vary in tone. They would vary in theme. So the Paul Shear Lost and Found, obviously, is supposed to be more humorous, whereas the Kamala Khan Higher, Faster, Further will be, you know, kind of more down to earth and and more um, kind of story based. So I like that. Yeah. And I think that if I remember
0: right, that's the title of the relaunched Captain Marvel series, right?
1: Uh, I think Ooh, it was. It may be.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was Kelly Sue De, Kelly Sue that relaunched
1: yeah, Ms. Marvel. I believe so. Uh,
0: Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. I think that's mm-hmm. the title there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and sticking with the Marvel corner of TV, kind of. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Hellstrom. Yes. Uh, uh, it's, I've got questions. Uh, more questions than thoughts at this point. <laughs> Uh, but they announced that it's going to be on Hulu. I think we knew that already. Um, yes. It's got a release date, which means filming was done before the world, you know, fell apart. Correct. Um, so it's going to come out on October 16th. Yes. Um, okay. You've seen you've seen the whole thing. I've seen clips okay. from the thing. So I've got questions. So you can help you right. can help me and the listeners out here.
1: Okay. Best okay. I Okay.
0: Okay. It looks like Marvel has decided to disown this thing. <laughs> Because I saw not a Marvel logo anywhere. Right. Uh, um,
1: I got, I've got questions. You know, it had its own panel. Uh, it was being built as Hulu's Hellstrom. Notice that as well. Okay, so it was being billed as that. And it's actually uh, October 16th, you said. Uh, and it's part of their Huluween uh, October. So, uh, oh, I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, little, little pun there. Uh, but <laughs> but oh, yeah, I-, I didn't see a lot of Marvel stuff across it. Uh, they had the actors there that that you know played the various roles of Damon and Anna Helstrom, Victoria, their mother. Uh, they're not calling her Satana. I was going to uh, ask you about that. I had heard her being called Anna. I didn't know they'd yeah. done that. Yep, they called her Ann. That makes Anna. sense, though. Yep, they called her Anna instead of Satana. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the director really talked a lot about, though, the comics uh, and how the comics inspired him. And he specifically cited Marvel Spotlight 13, hmm. which I think is the first appearance of, of the Hailstrom's mother. I was kind of trying to find out the significance of that uh, issue. And that was all I could kind of find Um, But he just was talking about there was a panel in that that just really inspired him. And that totally for him summed up who Damon Hellstrom was. Um, Now, if any of our listeners don't know uh, much about Damon Hellstrom, uh, in the Bronze Age of comics, he was called Son of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and his sister's name is Satana. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, But they did say there would be Easter eggs from the comics all the way through. So if you are a fan of the comic, um, a fan of the character, you know, keep those eyes sharp if you're watching it. They said there Mm -hmm. would be things all the way through. Um, I found it interesting that they're repurposing the character of the caretaker. Now, if you've if anybody out there has watched the Nicolas Cage uh, Ghost Rider, the second one, the caretaker was played by Sam Elliott. Okay. who was supposedly the original Ghost Rider who became the Phantom Rider, who is basically the cowboy version of Ghost Rider, right? But they're repurposing him and making him a totally different character, but they're still using the caretaker name. Interesting. So I thought that might be be an interesting twist to bring into the Hellstrom universe. That's a tough bus to actually live up to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But from some of the
0: um, the comments that I was able to track down and, and find in our articles, um, it, sa- it sounds like Marvel has decided that it's not in the MCU. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah so. It, so it
1: we feels won't like see it's going to be its own thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of it feels like, a, like uh, its own. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Go ahead. Uh, kind
0: of like a Legion type deal.
1: Yeah. Like a Marvel okay.
0: property, but you know, divorced from the main Marvel universe.
1: Right. Now, what I'm wondering though is if this will open them up for more of these Bronze Age types of characters to be able to put onto Hulu. Uh, you know, I would like to see, you know, Monster of Frankenstein, Werewolf by Night. I would love to see. That's where right, I was were- going. Yeah. That's where I was where right, like- my brain went. Yep. I love you know so many of those characters are are so much fun and even getting into like Brother Voodoo, oh, yeah. uh, even Ghost Rider you know really came out of that time period because that that's where Hellstrom first appeared anyway was Ghost Rider one uh, was the first cameo of that character. So I don't know. Now, isn't
0: isn't Blade supposed to be on Hulu? Aren't they relaunching Blade then?
1: Blade would be another one that they could work into there really easy. Tuma Dracula, Moon Knight you know, be Moon Knight. Yep. Any of those could be worked into Hulu, but it just depends on what Marvel wants to hang on to, what they want to put to Disney Plus, and then in turn what they can spend to Hulu, which is their property also. But which I mean, I, I think the Runaways was pretty successful on Hulu.
0: I don't know if anybody but me watched it, but like the the third season felt rushed. I feel like they had, like had a longer story and they kind of rushed to the end, like mm-hmm. they were told, like, "Hey, you don't get five seasons; you get three. Wrap it up."
1: Um, I'm almost finished with season two, so. <laughs>
0: Well, I will somewhat spoil in, then, but it does feel like they hurry things along. Okay. Um, yeah, it feels like two stories got crammed into one season. I thought uh, it was a
1: shorter season
0: when I was yeah. looking. So. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the first two seasons were really well done. And if they can kind of, you know, maintain that quality level, there's a lot of room to play there. Uh, yeah. And goodness knows, Disney's got the money. I mean, they
1: <laughs> <we> can make <laughs> a few extra shows for Hulu. Sure. I agree completely.
0: Uh, speaking of Disney dollars... Uh, <sighs> why aren't we spending on young Falcon and
1: the winter soldier? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is another one that, that release dates have changed. Uh, you know, for a while now, they've continued to tell us August, 2020. And I was just so excited. I was hoping that we would get to the other side of, of this pandemic and they could get back filming to finish. It's only six episodes. I mean, come on. Uh, now the date has been changed to fall 2020 that's so not <laughs> promising no so um, even to the point there was a placeholder icon on the disney plus site that had a had like a brief little trailer said august 2020 that has been removed last <laughs> i checked so <laughs> also not encouraging not but one division is still slated for December twenty twenty, so we'll see. <laughs> sure it is. Sure it is. Uh, now, what, 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 what I'm a little
0: confused about, and I don't know, I don't know how TV schedule shooting schedules work, but I, my understanding was there were there was ten days of shooting left to do. Mm-hmm, correct. Whatever everything hit. Um feels like they ought to have a couple of episodes worth of
1: footage for that. Mm-hmm. So well, I, you know. My, the, a, yeah, a lot of it's not filmed in order, you know. so yeah, you might that, be that filming was, a, right, a scene from episode one, and then over here a scene from episode six. Yeah, you know. That was my only question because I was thinking, like, if 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 we
0: had enough to release like a episode or two, we could get them on like a comic book release schedule. And make it a huge event, like each yeah. month you get one episode of Falcon and Winter right. Soldier. And if we can, you know, spread it out like that, then maybe they've got time to get back. But if but if they were filming it that out of order, then yeah, we're just stuck.
1: Yeah, we're just waiting to see. And and it's just so sad. You know, this series is supposed to pick up after the events of Endgame. Anyway, uh, you know, we've already seen Daniel Brühl was back as Zemo. Um, Emily Van Camp was back as Agent 13. Uh, so I was excited to see those characters kind of coming back into the fold, uh, the development of that relationship between sam and and Bucky I, I don't know i'm I'm sad, I was really, really excited about that one.
0: <laughs> well, Sam wouldn't move his chair back, but they is more than happy to move the date back so. uh well, our last uh, bit of t v news is something i was I, I'm really sad dwayne get, didn't get to talk about because yeah, I know he too. loves the bad batch
1: that's right. Uh,
0: and they're getting their own
1: standalone spin off. They are. Uh, so, right now it's looking like a. Now, here's what I find funny it's a 2021 release date. Now, animation usually takes a few years to complete. So, if they're already saying 2021, I got a feeling Clone Wars was like a backdoor pilot for this bunch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you and Dwayne had already uh, kind of theorized that even before there was a release really date out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you all got that vibe just from watching Clone Wars.
1: Yes. You know, they were in that that C- Disney Plus season, uh, that final season of Clone Wars. Uh, they were so interesting. They're just this quirky personalities. Uh, they are part of uh, kind of Clone Troop 99 Uh you know, they're, they're the uh, the ones that had some defects here and there, and, and they're just like flat out like 80s action flick stars. Uh, the leader is Hunter. I mean, flat out looks like Stallone uh, from Rambo, uh, you know, and you've got Tech, Wrecker. Um, I'm trying to sound like you. yeah characters. Okay. Don't they do? Don't they? <laughs> and, and of course, guess what? Wrecker is good at, so. Yeah. You know, Wrecker's good at destroying stuff. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, tech's the tech guy. So, yeah, does that sound like G.I. Joe character? So, it works really well with that. Um, and I'm sure Hasbro will love making those action figures. <laughs> <users. But laughs> hey, Larry Hama's probably free. He can work on some content Yeah, that's form. true. That's true. He's, yeah. He was on a panel also, by the way. So.
0: <laughs> He's a great dude. I love oh, whenever cool. whenever I'm watching Dr. B. and Larry Hama shows up, it's going to be a good time. Yep. I always enjoy yep.
1: him. All right, but you know, I do expect it probably clo- more towards the fall of twenty twenty one that we'll see this. Um, I do know that um, uh, my mind my, my blanked. Who's who's the guy that's been doing all the Clone War stuff and and uh, yep, there you go, Dave Filoni. Thank you. So Dave Filoni is still on this, so he's still working in this universe with the Bad Batch. So I'm gonna have to get caught up. <laughs> and goodness knows there's no new movies coming out i'll have i'll have i'll have the opportunity
0: so there you go that's where i've been binging tv so. <laughs> well here's what i've i've been doing I, i'm behind on my movies and my tv but i'm caught up in my comic books let's move on to the comic book section of our Sounds news good. episode and uh same to open the floor to you uh doctor who there's a lot yes. of news in the comic book world for doctor who
1: well you know doctor who as far as that that 12th series ended we have nothing new coming out from Doctor Who until Christmas there will be a Christmas episode but so obviously we got to feel some stuff here in the middle right so they're going back to the whale going back to David Tennant and the 10th Doctor and they're going to explore what's called Time Lord Victorious he didn't want to go in the first place yeah, I know. Uh, that, don't get me. I could cry still. That, that's the <laughs> rough thing. Uh, <laughs> to, I, I'm, I'm getting weepy. Don't, dude. Uh, but, <laughs> no, nah, but Time Lord Victorious. That was good. I like that. Um, you know, and this is a multi-platform event. 10 platforms, 35 products. Comics are going to be leading it starting in September. And we're going back to the Time War, of course. Tenants' Time War. So if you're going to the Time War, I'm sure they'll sneak in the eighth and ninth Doctors in there somewhere, also. So, yeah, I think. Um, yeah,
0: I saw a couple of images. One I didn't recognize because I can't watch old TV. Um, <laughs> but I did see Eccleston's face, which makes me happy. Yes.
1: Yeah. You know, if you think about when Doctor Who came back in 2005. Eccleston's doctor had just come out of the time war. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes he's referred to as the PTSD doctor, uh, just because he's still suffering the effects of what he had to do, you know, or the, the war doctor technically had to do, uh, yeah. you know, in order to end the time war. Um, I do think using that the, the concept of Time Lord Victorious, is really interesting. You know, that goes back to uh, Waters of Mars, uh, August 2009's Waters of Mars, which then leads into uh, The End of Time, which is David Tennant's regeneration story. Um, but so he declares himself Time Lord Victorious, that all time is his to control. So I'm interested to see where this goes. And they even said there would be a new villain that even scared the Daleks hmm. introduced. I don't know. Well, the, one of the things that I thought was pretty encouraging about it
0: um, was that the, the comic book series is going to be written by Jody Houser. Yes. And that got me really excited. Um, mm-hmm. Jody Houser mm-hmm. wrote one of my favorite runs on any comic book series ever. She wrote Faith uh, for Valiant. And basically, she's pretty much the only person who gets to write Faith anymore.
1: Awesome. Uh,
0: but she's done adaptation work also. Yes. She's the one that writes the Stranger Things series, which is very good. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I
1: think she's a great choice. Um, you know, to, and to she's also been working on the Thirteenth Doctor series, the the comic Didn't series of the Thirteenth, and she's and her artist team are the same artist team that's been working with her on that also, okay. uh, Roberta Ingranata and Enrica Aaron Angiolini. So I, I butchered those names. So um, there, there you go, Jamie, for graphically novels. <laughs> I, I butchered names it's, also. So. It's your turn. <laughs> yeah, but seeing seeing her name was very encouraging. Uh, yeah, I like her writing style. I think she does an excellent job. Yeah. Uh, now Marvel had, uh, what, two panels? Yes. Uh, they had Marvel, The Next Big Thing, uh, and that kind of dealt with her comics off. Uh And there was one more with uh, Joe Q, Joe Quesada. I didn't get to watch that one, I'll admit. So uh, I did watch The Next Big Thing, though. <laughs>
0: And that's focused on future events, right? So they talked about Empire, which is yes. the current event coming out. Correct. Um, and I f- what's the next one after Empire? I don't remember.
1: Uh, well, you've got, right now it's uh, Al Ewing and Dan Slott that are working on Empire. Uh, the Avengers and Fantastic Four sides. Uh, once Empire is finished, it, Al Ewing is going to be spinning into Immortal She-Hulk. Mm. So they're going to be taking things from empire, things from immortal Hulk things from Avengers and be spinning that into a mortal She-Hulk, which is probably a good time to get that character ramped up because there's discussion of her on Disney plus. Yeah. So be good. Uh I did find it interesting though with empire though, that it's all revolving kind of around a uh, Hulkling of the new Avengers.
0: I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's an interesting character. Um, that they haven't done much with since he was a young adventurer.
1: Yeah. Uh, but he is Emperor Hulkling now. And he has basically unified the Crees and the scroll. Hmm. So the Korean skull have been unified under Hulkling. And uh, I guess all this happens on the moon. So you'd think the inhumans would show up at some point. I don't even know if the blue part of the moon is still where they're at, but I know they were. They live on point. an island uh, okay, outside of New York island. now. Okay, and so so they're on an island in New York. The X Men were on an island off San Francisco for a while, weren't they?
0: Well, no, they're on. An, they've made uh, an island nation called Krakoa now.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Lots of islands in the Marvel universe. Yes. Yes. Uh, one of the things I did think that was interesting is this: is uh, Dan Slott will be introducing a new Elder of the Universe. You know, we've had the Collector and the, the Games Master. This is going to be the Profiteer. And she is going to be, like I said, one of those elders of the universe. And he keeps saying she'll be a major part in the Marvel universe, you know, coming out of Empire. So I don't know. All right. Interesting. <laughs>
0: uh, now, DC had a couple of panels as well, right? I think that they,
1: did they say more or less than, than Marvel? <laughs> hey, Before we, actually, they said less. Before we go to DC, though, okay. I just was going to mention um they in that next big thing they did mention Amazing Spider-Man, and Mark Bagley is coming back. So, really? Yeah, Mark Bagley is coming back to do an do a run as artist on Amazing Spider-Man, and he is bringing back Norman Osborn's Green Goblin. Right. So they're bringing Gobby back. Um, well, Bagley's ex- the right guy to do that. Yeah, I think so, definitely. <phone rings> And with all that discussion from Comic-Con, I know everybody is kind of like us, maybe a little um, overdone, overcooked at this point. So let's go ahead and we'll preview next week. So next week, remember, we are going to be looking at season one of the IT crowd. And, Jamie, I believe this is your pick, sir, correct? Absolutely.
0: Uh, We're going to be joining um, the weirdest group of uh, British nerds. Uh, the world has ever seen um, We're going to have a great time It's a short run It's a uh, first season of six episodes They're about 20 minutes each And it's
1: it's interesting So we're going to have a good time with it Definitely So uh, Jamie, while we're, while we're getting ready for the IT crowd We're getting over uh, Comic Con What are we going to do, sir? We're going
0: to hide all of our deepest, darkest secrets From Kevin Smith as we keep it nerdy
1: our things, please.